That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, 
I'll return. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Victor Christian Fellowship in this new year of 2022. We're so excited for what God has in store for us. And he is a good God. He's a loving father. And he's here with us this morning. And we're going to worship him in spirit and in truth. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for your grace and your glory today. Lord, you are awesome and incredible. And Lord, we desire to adore you and to lift you up today in this place. And we just magnify the name of Jesus. And we welcome your presence in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's stand together.
We worship the true and living God. 
shake it off of you and your family life. Remove it from your life. We sever ties with anything that the enemy has given. Any gift, any charm, anything. We sever those ties in the name of Jesus. worship you in this house, Lord. We worship you in this house. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for who you are. Come on, today's a good day for a fresh start. Today's a good day. Come on, you speak it out of your mouth. I don't care how good of a year you had last year. This year should be exponentially better. It should be greater. You should do more exploits for the kingdom of God. Oh, we worship you in this house, Lord. We shake things up. We shake up everything. What the enemy meant for evil, Father, you turn it into good. Right here in this house, you speak to us. for 
worship him right now, Lord. We say you're so great and mighty. Oh, we worship you in this house. We bring adoration and praise to the King of Kings. Oh, we say you are so holy, Lord. You are so mighty. Your works are so marvelous. Everything you think about us, Lord, it's for our good. All your thoughts are so great about us, Lord. Oh, we worship you in this place. We worship you in this town. We bring glory and honor to your name. We say you're high and lifted up with your train. It fills this temple. Oh, we worship you in this Oh, we worship you in this place, Lord. Worthy, worthy, worthy are you, Lord. Glorious are you, Lord. Bless your holy name. Praise your holy name. There is no darkness in you, oh God. Oh, we give you thanks and praise and glory, Lord. Oh, you're full of light. You are our all in all. You are a good, good father. You're a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You never leave us nor forsake us. You are the rock of our salvation. You are our hiding place. You are the great and awesome God. You are King of kings, Lord of lords. You are Alpha Omega beginning and the end. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Sweet, sweet Jesus. What a joy and a privilege it is to know you and to call upon you and to believe you. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we honor your presence in this place. You are holy, you are high and lifted up, and your presence permeates this place. It fills us through and through. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. There is a greater, greater glory for you to have and behold. It is for the young and it is for the old. The glory of God has a weight to it. It will lead God and direct you. It will come on you and cover you. It will shield you. Oh, go after my glory, says the Lord. Go after my glory with your heart, with all that you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. They do a phenomenal job. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Well, I hope everybody had a good Christmas and a good New Year. With God, it's going to keep getting better and better. Sweeter and sweeter. More glorious and more glorious. Amen. And thank you, everyone, for your gifts to us. Yes, thank you so much. We appreciate it so much. Amen. Well, we're going to speak the word. Next week, we'll be changing our confession, but we'll do this for one more time. Amen. Let's make our confession. Our Our Heavenly Heavenly Father Father has given to us another comforter comforter to comfort us, us, encourage us, and strengthen us. us. He helps us to stay on God's course. God's Holy Spirit abides with us forever. He is our advocate of truth and our divine tutor to guide us in life. We have the Spirit of wisdom who teaches us all things. He is eternal. He was involved in creation. And he knows all things. We are learning great things from him. The Holy Spirit is our personal powerhouse who abides within us and overshadows us. Through him we can boldly testify how good our Father God is. We welcome and receive help in all things through the Holy Spirit. He helps us solve problems, find solutions, and outsmart all enemies to give us victory in life. The Holy Spirit is our greatest ally who stands for righteousness, holiness, and truth. He always glorifies and honors the Lord Jesus and his kingdom. God's Spirit unveils and reveals to us what is ours. He provides us with special abilities and extraordinary power through divine grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. benefits. Amen. Amen. Good morning. It's awesome to see all of you here this morning. I'm super, super excited. It's wonderful to call you family, and I'm grateful that you're here and that we together our victory family. And the Lord reminded me that I need to remember to share with you. If you have not checked out the Victory Channel by Kenneth Copeland Ministries, that's a good place to find out some uh, ministries you may not know about. Just like we have different translations of the Bible, you get different layers. By listening to other people, other ministries, because each has their own flavor, their own anointing, their own calling. That way you get a well-balanced meal. And the Lord's been talking to me about the new year, changing things up, just breaking up the routine. Helps us to see things with new eyes, hear things with new ears. And so... You know, you can do it in small ways. You can do it in big ways. I found for myself, if I do it in the natural, it like 
shockwaves it into the, su- the spiritual and the supernatural. So, you know, ladies, when you clean out that closet, it has more to do than cleaning out the closet. You're actually activating something in, in the spiritual realm and in your spiritual life. So it's not just physical. That's all connected. So um, even like starting your day at a different time or in a different order, ending your day in a different way, changing locations. Maybe if you always did something in this room, go to another room. So it's simple things like that. But, but I'm encouraging you, the Lord's encouraging me to like do a lot more of that, not just make sure we're not in a rut. Because he has so many new, sparkling, dazzling, wonderful things for us. And you know how kids love to go on treasure hunts? Like, they're very attentive. They want to find the jewels, the treasures, the notes. Yeah, Josiah saying, most definitely, I'm going to be first. That's the attitude we have to have. God has all this for his children. So we got to, like, put on that childlikeness again. Remind yourselves that we are being renewed daily, so we're actually getting younger and younger. So, like, let's get the youngness flowing. And that's part of what the Holy Spirit does for us. He rejuvenates us. He renews us, revives us. All those words, rejoice, like we did uh, last week. When was that? Wednesday. Rejoicing. Yeah, and re-listen. Like, put on the services throughout the week. The worship, the word in your atmosphere makes a difference. There's just all these, like, little things combined. We'll be moving, like, nations for the Lord. Okay, announcements. Guess what? Yesterday was my birthday. I am 53. And my husband said, I don't look 53. (laughs) Okay. So um, that's another reason I'm super excited about the new year. I need to focus here. I, I... I've changed things up already this week, so like I'm just like, ah, I can hardly sleep. I'm just like awake all the time. Like, <laughs> I built myself my own campfire in the darkness of the morning and had my coffee. When has it ever been 50 degrees on on New Year's Day? I I enjoyed it, and it didn't. The rain held off, so you know, I didn't have to go camping. I was just right outside. Go in, get my coffee. It was wonderful. Okay. So that, even things like that. Do something. Go drive a different way to work. Pray in tongues while you're driving. You know, listen if you have things to listen to. There's so many things we can change up. And next week when we see each other, we'll be like, wow, you look so new and dazzly. It'll be awesome. Right, Bennett and Cookie? I already see you guys smiling more already. This is awesome. It's a, the glow is flowing. The glory of the Lord. Okay. Here. Okay. Tuesday, January 4th, is Air Force. We are super excited. The Lord's showing us many things for the new year. 6 p.m. And we completed our seventh 
abundance of rain on December 31st. So we're excited. We, the Lord had us do something new at the end of the year. And so we're excited what he, the Lord has for us to build upon that. One thing the Lord said, go back and read. What did Elijah do after the, when he said, I hear the abundance of rain? Because now you've completed the abundance of rain. Very interesting. First Kings 18. You can check that out. Then we have Wednesday night refreshing. Yay! That's at 6.30. And this Saturday is the second Saturday of January. Can you believe I'm saying it's the second Saturday of January? And we're having our youth breakfast, which starts at 9. And then... Next Sunday, ladies, we're having our book club on You Can Be Fearless. This will be the second to last one for the book, You, Are, you Can Be Fearless. But we'll pick another book and continue. So if you're interested in that, we are, usually meet the first Sunday of the month. So plan on the first Sunday in February and next week. I'm done. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, are you excited? If not, you can get excited in just a minute. It just requires a decision. Hallelujah. I want us to go to uh, Luke 16 for just a moment. Luke 16. Hallelujah. This is talking about uh, the steward who wasn't such a good one but in verse 10 he makes this the statement is made by Jesus and he says he who is faithful in a very little things in very little things is also faithful in much you know your faithfulness is set with the little not the big amen he says and he who is dishonest in a very little thing is also dishonest in much. Verse 11, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of earthly wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? I know about you, but I want true riches. Amen? That's beyond uh, this realm, and it includes all that God wants us to have and say or have and do. And... um, you know, when, who is God going to entrust the true riches to? The faithful. Men? The, the, I mean, amen. The, the faithful in the little, with your time, with your resources, and with your uh, finances. Amen? And uh, say, I'm destined for the true riches. Because God has my little, and he gives me a lot. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I just give you thanks and praise that every giver and their gifts are blessed and multiplied by you. 
And we give you thanks and praise, Father, that all the needs of this ministry are met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And every giver, Father, is prospered and protected and provided for richly and abundantly and overflowingly in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can give any time during the service. If you're watching online, you can do that uh, through our website as well. Hallelujah. All right. A little humor before we dismiss our kids. Amen. Some of you may have heard some of these things before, but that's okay. It's good to laugh again. You know, God is like General Electric. He lights your path or he brings good things to life. He's a little like Bear Aspirin. He works wonders. God is, of course, God is like Hallmark cards. He cared to send the very best. These are some old-time ad slogans that these companies used to have. God's a little like Tide. He gets out the stains that others leave behind. Amen? God's a little like Dial Soap. Aren't you glad you know him? (laughs) Don't you wish everyone did? God's a little like Elka-Seltzer. Oh, what a relief he is. God's a little like scotch tape. You can't see him, but you know he's there. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right. No, it didn't. Yes, he is. All right, kids, you ready for your kid, your class this morning? We so appreciate our teachers and our kids. Kids, have a great lesson. Enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. God is good. Well, you ready for the word this morning? You know, I believe that we're going to see a greater glory this year. You know, God's glory, I'm not even talking about God's glory today, but, you know, his glory is his manifested presence. His glory came on the tabernacle. His glory led him through the wilderness. His glory filled the temple and the priest couldn't even stand to minister. Amen. You know, we ought to have a sermon one, one night said, no, standing room only, and you might not get to stand. You might just fall down. I call that spiritual anesthesiology. And you know, Jesus revealed his glory to uh, Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw him in his original brilliance and his magnificence and just the beauty and, and the awe of that. But we're going to See the greater glory this year. Amen? Amen? And you can believe for that. But this morning, the Lord put it on my heart to start a new series called Becoming Kingdom-Minded. Becoming Kingdom-Minded. And, uh, you know, our minds have a lot to do with serving God. What happens in our minds? What goes on in our minds? All right. And, 
You know, God made us kings and priests. And we need to start thinking like kings and priests. How does a king think? What, what goes on in the mind of a king? And uh, it is important that we need to see things from God's perspective and not our perspective. Amen? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, but through Christ we can come up. How many want to come up today? To a higher way of thinking and a higher way of doing. Right? God's word, God's will, and God's way work all the time. He never fails. He never has a power shortage. He never has insufficient supply. He never has a problem that he cannot solve. He never encounters an obstacle that can keep him back from progressing forward. And we have to start thinking like that. You know, Jesus succeeded in all that he did. He has no failure in any way, shape, or form, nor will he ever have. And we, as his people, we need to come up to a higher level and think like kingdom-minded people. Say, I'm a kingdom-minded person. So we need to train ourselves to think differently. Because how you think affects your life. What you think on. Amen? It's true. We need to speak differently and we need to act differently. How does a king act? How does a king speak? Right? It all has to do with the king's mind. And we have a divine right to be like Jesus. To do what he did. To do the work that he did. And greater works can we do because he retired early. He said, greater works shall you do because I'm going to the Father. Now, he is still working through his body. The works that he did when he was physically here, he still does through his body. That's you and I. We are the body of Christ. Amen? And uh, we need to reflect on who he is and what he's done for us. And we've got to bring God's kingdom culture, his standards, and his way of doing things right here, right now, in our, in our area. Amen? In our businesses, in our homes, in our careers, in our families, in, in our daily routines. We've got, to, you know, talking about shift, shifting some things. Amen? God gave us this mandate to employ his will, and in order to do his will, it's going to require us to think differently. Amen? So we've got to bring his culture, his standard, to where we are right now. You know, how does God think about finances in his kingdom? You know, does God think about, you know, he never thinks about barely get along street next to Grumble Alley. He doesn't think that way. He always thinks more than enough. He always thinks full supply. You know, how about kingdom victories? What does a victory actually look like in the kingdom? What does it mean to have the victory according to the kingdom principles? You know, is it a partial victory or is it a full victory? Amen. 
We got to learn to look at things differently. How about having kingdom results when you face challenges? How about having a kingdom relationship? What do relationships look like in the kingdom? How about a kingdom marriage? Woo, glory to God. God came up with the idea of marriage, so he has the best advice. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your marriage. You can have a kingdom marriage as long as the king is in the center. Amen? He can turn bad things into good. He can enhance things. Glory to God. How about having a kingdom family? How about having a a kingdom purpose and a kingdom career? Why? You are a king's kid. Amen? How about having a kingdom church? Amen? We're, We're here to build God's kingdom. He's building his church, but we're building his kingdom. Amen? A kingdom church. What does that look like? Glory to God. How about having kingdom love? A love that never fails. A love that covers a multitude of uh, wrong things. A multitude of sin. Amen? And how about having kingdom success? What does it mean to be successful? Jesus knows. He told Joshua how to be successful. Right? He told him exactly what to do to be, say, God wants me successful in whatever you endeavor to do, whether that be a family, a business, a career, whatever. God wants you to succeed. Amen? I want you to go, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. So today, I'm going to talk about how to have a victorious life in regards to how we think. Say, I'm destined for victory. You're not only at victory, but God wants you to have victory. He wants victory to get in you in everything that you do. Victory over sickness. Do we have victory over sickness and disease? Amen. All right. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. I'm reading from the Amplified. Notice what it says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, or your entire being. These words, but you have to obey these words which I am commanding you today, shall be written in your heart and your mind. Did you know that we are to love God with our minds and our bodies? And our soul. Amen? Our minds are engaged in our relationship with God. He tells us things that we should think on and things we shouldn't think on. He tells us to capture wrong thoughts. Right? When when you have a, a rogue thought coming in your mind, and guess what? We all get them. You know, thoughts are like birds. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, can you? But you can certainly stop a bird from making a nest in your hair, now can't you? When that bird goes to make a nest in your hair, you can do something about it. That's just like a thought. You know, thoughts are going to come and go, but what kind of thought are you letting make a nest in your head? 
What kind of thoughts are you dwelling on? Are you fixing on? Are you focusing on? Because that's going to make those thoughts that you're dwelling on are going to show up in your life. They're going to show up in your speech. They're going to show up in the results that we get. Amen? So, how can we love God with our mind? Glory to God. Well, we can change the way we think. You know when it's a good time to take the trash out? When it's full or when it stinks. Right? You know, sometimes we got some thoughts or we think we, we got some stinking thinking in our minds. It could come through our experiences. It could come through our past. It could come through our feelings. Right? And then we, we, we read the word and we, we, we realize, wait a minute, the thought I have been having does not agree with God. Something's got to go, and it's not going to be God. The thought that doesn't agree with God must go. Even if that means a drastic change in behavior. Amen? So we need to change the way we think about God, about life, about people, about our character, and about righteousness. We need to change the way we think. And I'm going to give you the tools on how to do that. We have to be willing to renew and retool our minds. You know, when a factory retools, it upgrades its equipment or it modifies the way of manufacturing or the process. And maybe it fixes things, but it retools. Sometimes factories close for a week or two weeks just to retool. Or just to introduce a new line or to repair a new line. If you've ever worked in a factory, you probably experienced that. Amen? Well, God has given us the ability to renew our minds. We are not stuck in stinking thinking. We are not stuck in our old way of doing things. We can change and we can do something different. But we got to retool and we got to renew. Amen? So today is a retooling day. God is going to tweak some things. God is going to adjust some things. God is going to tighten some things. Amen? Because we got to love God with our minds. We got to do God's things with our minds. We got to think God's thoughts with our minds. We got to use our imagination for God's things. And imagination is a gift of God, it's creativity. Thank God for imagination. We can picture things in our mind and then work to bring them to pass in our lives. Our minds are very powerful. Go to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. It just pretty much reiterates what Deuteronomy was saying. But verse 36, Matthew 22 And verse 36, are you excited today? Today is the beginning of a new and fresh anointing today. Amen? Thank God that we have cycles where we can begin again. 
God is the master of mulligans. If you don't know what a mulligan is, it's a golfing term that means if you hit a ball that didn't go the way you wanted to go, you can hit it again. Thank God for mulligans. Matthew 22, verse 36. The greatest commandment. What is the greatest commandment in the law? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest, the first and greatest commandment. Say the greatest. So we are supposed to love God on every level of who we are. We're supposed to love God with our body and our strength. We're supposed to love God with our mind, our soul, our will and emotions. Right? We're supposed to love God with our heart, our spirit, with all that we are. We are supposed to love God. That's the first one. Then the second one is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the greatest, he said, love your neighbor as yourself. The Amplified says, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others. The whole law and prophets depend on these two commandments. You might say that this is a hinge that all the commandments lean on, like a door, right? All the commandments lean on loving God and loving people. Well, you've got to have a mind to love God. You've got to have a mind to love people. You've got to be intentional in your love. Love makes a choice and love takes an action. Amen? To all the married couples out there, do you remember when you fell in love? Could you stop thinking about the other person? No, you wanted to see them. You wanted to talk with them. You wanted to hang out. Come on. Is that true or not? If not, you need to rekindle some flame. You got to light the pilot light again. Your pilot light has done gone out. Amen? But remember what it was when you fell in love. You were constantly thinking about that person. If you weren't right next to one another. Is that, am I telling the truth? Amen. You like you, you just can't wait for the next time that you can be with them. And you only thought the best about them. Good point. Why? Because you had a mind to love them. Amen? Well, we got to have that mind to love God. Amen? Look at Matthew chapter 5. Go to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 48. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 48. I got, I got a lot, I'm not going to talk about all about the mind uh, today. This is just the beginning, amen? We're going to take our time because we want some godly-minded people, amen? Some victory-minded people, some kingdom-minded people. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 48 the King James says, Be ye therefore perfect, even your father, even as your father which is in heaven is perfect. The Amplified says this, You therefore will be perfect, growing into spiritual maturity, both in mind and character. Actively integrating godly values into your daily life as your heavenly father is perfect. How can we be like God? He gave us his mind. God wrote a book about all of his thoughts. 
Now, these aren't all the thoughts that God thinks of you, but God thinks of you. Aren't you glad that God thinking of you? Aren't you glad that you were on his mind when he was on the cross? Amen? Well, God thinks of us, and so we ought to think of him. This is how we love God with our minds. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3. This is how we're loving God with our mind. Verse 1. Colossians 3.1. If you then be risen with Christ. How many have been risen with Christ? Say he's talking to me. Okay. Seek those things which are where? Above. So now that you've been risen with Christ, your focus has changed. Your desires have changed. Amen? We're supposed to seek above, not beneath. Okay? Above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. All right? Verse 2. How do we love God with our minds? He's telling us, set your affection or your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Huh. So you've been risen with Christ, and now he's given you a new picture of living. This is how we're supposed to live, not how we lived before. We're supposed to live according to his standards, with his principles, in his way. Jesus is the way, isn't he? If you don't know the way, Jesus is the way. All right? Verse 3. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. All right? We need, to pop, we need to pattern our lives after Christ. Say, I'm dead in Christ. And I'm alive in Christ. See, now he becomes the pattern. He becomes the example. He becomes the picture of who we're supposed to be. Paul said, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. Say, Christ is living in you. The anointing is living in you. The Messiah is living in you by the Holy Spirit. He made a deposit into us. He put his treasure in us. And now he's looking for a return. How do we return on God's treasure? By living a life that exemplifies Christ. Amen? Okay? Verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Woo! When he appears, we're going to meet him in the air. We're going to have a... (laughs) That's going to be the original Airbnb. Amen. When he comes, he's not going to touch the earth. And we're, going to, we're going to meet him in the air. And then when he comes to touch the earth again, then we're going to meet him. Then we're going to come with him. Amen. All right. Verse 5. This is how we love God with our minds. Mortify. Therefore, your members which are on earth. What's he talking about? He's talking about our natural tendencies, right? Fornication, kill it. Uncleanness, kill it. 
inordinate affection or unnatural affection, kill it. Evil concupiscence, man, that's a word. That just means desire. Kill it. We kill weeds. Amen? We have machines called weed whackers. And they cut weeds. Weeds are are things that have grown up that you did not plant. Sometimes there are some weeds that have been growing up in the garden of our minds. And we got to clear out the weeds. And God gave us the word, the blood, the name of Je- the name of Jesus is the weed, weed killer. Mortify, that's put to death these things. That means be a, be a mortician. All right? And covetousness, which is idolatry. Once you notice, covetous and greed is idolatry. You're, you're, you're idolizing something. All right, verse 6, for, for which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. If you're not obedient to kill these things, then you're going to open yourself up for wrath. Hmm. All right? And then he says, uh, in which you also walked sometime when you lived in them, but now put off these things. Put off anger. Is, is he saying don't ever get angry? No, God got angry, but let your anger be righteous, not unjustified. I mean, when Jesus made a whip and went through the temple and cleared things, he didn't say, could you please excuse me? He was cracking a whip, flipping tables, knocking money everywhere. That was an act of anger. Why? Because they were using his house for the wrong thing. That was a righteous anger. See, but too many people... They're angry-minded. And all they know how to do is exercise their flesh in anger, not their spirit. Be angry and sin not. How do you do that? You've got to have the balance of the Holy Ghost. Right? Don't raise your hands, but sometimes our anger has gotten us in trouble. Amen? That's all I need to say about that. Put off these things, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, out of your mouth. Don't lie. Lie not to one another. Don't lie. That's a Bible principle. Seeing that you have put off the old man with its deeds and put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge. Everybody say renewed. See, in order to be a better man or a better woman, you've got to have some new knowledge. And the new knowledge comes from God's word. And that's what washes us and cleanses us and gives us a different picture. And once we have a different picture, we'll have a different outcome. You know the story of Elijah and the woman of Zarephath? In uh, 1 Kings 17, the, woman, the woman's mind was to eat one more meal and die. She had nothing left, nothing else that she could make, nothing else that they could eat except for enough for two pancakes. Okay? She had a son, and they, 
they were going to eat this meal and die. That was her mindset. Her mindset was a death-minded mindset, a hopeless-minded mindset. But then Elijah comes along because he was sent by God, right? And what does Elijah do? He paints a different picture for her. If you give me a cake first, God will make sure that your supply will never run dry. So she got a different picture in her mind. She got a picture of excess. She got a picture of plenty. She got a picture of life in her mind. And guess what? She gave that pancake in faith. Amen? And what happened? God did exactly as the prophet said. He multiplied her meal or her flour and her oil, right? And she was able, she and he and her son were able to eat for many days. The Bible didn't say how many days. But one picture from God changed her entire outcome. Now she was not thinking about death. She was thinking about life. She was thinking about giving. She gave to save her life. My giving can save my life? Maybe. You know, God never underestimates a gift that's given in love. Okay? So, now that we've got the basis, let me give you five keys that will give you a victorious life in 2022. You might say, I'm going to make you eat your peas today. These are five words that start with peas. (laughs) We're going to have some pea salad today or some sugar snap peas, right? How many want a victorious 2022? Come on. How many want a victorious 2022? You can come out of poverty in 2022. You can buy someone else's house or pay off someone else's house in 2022. Amen? Come on. Total and complete victory over enemies, over problems, over obstacles. I'm telling you, when God gives you a victory, your enemy is done. Goliath couldn't even say, ouch. His victory was so complete. Not only did he get knocked down by a rock, but then he got his head cut off with his own sword. That's an utter and complete victory for David. All right? Number one, if you want a victorious life in 2022, you've got to live in God's presence. You've got to live in God's presence. Amen? Live in God's presence because his presence lives in you. What does it mean to live in God's presence? To fellowship with him frequently. To communicate with him often. Amen? To interact with him as much as you can. Amen? To live in God's presence is to be an active worshiper. An active participant in his plan. A regular attender. Okay? Submit to Jesus' lordship. Say, Jesus is Lord, not me. Some, that means when there's a conflict of his plan and your plan, guess what needs to go? Your plan. But I don't want to. It's my plan. That's the problem. 
Is your plan more important than his plan? Which is going to produce greater results? His plan or your plan? Amen? So it's a no-brainer. Okay? Live in God's presence. Be born again. Be baptized with his Holy Spirit. Here's a quick cliff note guide to live in his presence. Repent, believe, confess, and accept. Repent, believe, confess, and accept. When you realize that you've been going down a wrong path, the only thing to do is to repent. Amen? If you haven't been following the standard of God, repent. Repentance is not a bad word. It's a helpful word. Listen, if you've got a, a, a cavity in your tooth, you could brush it 100,000 times. Isn't that, that's not going to clear the cavity. You've got to go to a dentist. Right? And they've got to fill the hole, don't they? Not too long ago, I had one of my wisdom teeth taken out. You know, because part of it was already broken off. And there's nothing that I could do about it. So I had to go to a specialist. I had to go to an orthopedic surgeon. And 20 minutes, he worked and twisted on that thing, and then pop, out it came. Glory to God. So when you realize, see, first of all, you can't change unless you realize that you've done something wrong. If you're not going to admit that you've done something wrong when God says, hey, this is wrong, then you're going to reap the consequences of your own doing. All right? Okay? You've got to allow God to direct you and order your steps. How many, you know, allow God to direct you. Right? You've got to listen, learn, and obey. Everybody say listen. Everybody say learn. And obey. Right? You've got to do things that please God. You've got to live right. You've got to forgive as you have been forgiven. Uh Uh-oh. You know, sometimes we want to apply different standards to someone who hurt us versus the standard that God forgave us on. Don't you think that God knows what they did to you? He does. Well, think about what we did to God before we met him. Think about what God has forgiven us of. Then we need to use that same forgiveness and forgive others. Come on, that's good. You might as well say amen or on me. It's true anyway. And then you got to do his will. And you got to build and develop a relationship with him. You got to read, you got to worship, you got to fellowship, and you got to serve. And I should have added given there too. All right, Psalm 140, verse 13. Psalm 140 and verse 13. Are you you awake this morning? It says, surely the righteous will give thanks to your name. The upright will dwell in your presence. We have a right to dwell in God's presence. Go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And I want you to think about how many times... He says, remain in me. I highlighted it in a different color so I can help you. John 15. 
I'll read this from the King James, verse 4. Abide in me. That's number one. Abide in who? Abide in him. Abide in the Lord, right? That means to dwell, to hang out, to live in. And I in you. See, that's the beauty of this exchange. When we abide in him, he's actually abiding in us. And there's an exchange there. Glory to God. Right now, at this moment, Jesus is a resident in you. By the Holy Spirit. He is in you. Say he's in me. You take him with you wherever you go. You can access him whenever you need to. Why? He's in you. Glory to God. Okay? Abide in me and I. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. You're not going to produce the fruit that you need unless you're abiding in him. That's another, that's number two, abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. That's three. In one verse, he already said abide in me three times. You think he's trying to get something across here? You know, so many people have chosen not to abide in him. And they have just cut off their fruit production. They have canceled the fruit that they could have bore had they abided in him, but they chose not to stay there. They chose to leave for whatever reason. Okay, verse 5. I am the the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, that's number 4. And I in him, the same brings forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Say, without him, I can do nothing. Think about that. We've got to be kingdom-minded that we need to rely on Jesus for everything. Every one of our, for when we're on our job, right? When we go to work. When we're driving, we need to rely on God. We can't just rely on our own strength or our own experience or our our own knowledge. Why? You're going into a hostile environment. You're going into an environment that other spirits are going to be there. Because they come in from different places. And you've got to be on your game. You've got to be on your spiritual game. So you need to go there already relying on him. Why? Because you could be the very catalyst of change that that place needs. Since you're there, who else is going to be a light there? One Christian was complaining to God, said, why did you put me with all these sinners? And God said, so you could shine. Think about it. Have you ever heard Christians complain because they work in a place with no, with no other Christians? Hello? Hmm, let's think about that for a minute. Why did God put someone who has the light in them there? Amen? You are there to bring Christ to that place. By how you live and how you speak and how you think and how you act. God needs people in places to be a light to other people because the world is in darkness. He didn't, make, he didn't plug you in to put you under a bushel. Hallelujah. 
All right, let's go on. Verse 6, if a man abide not in me, notice, that's a choice. God doesn't force you to abide. It is a choice that everyone has to make. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withered, and men gather them up and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So someone who chose not to abide for whatever reason, they're eventually going to get burned. Okay? Verse 7, if you abide in me, there it is again. And my words abide in you. So if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done for you. That is powerful. Amen? Oh, glory to God. I got to get moving here. Hallelujah. Verse 8, herein is my Father glorified that you produce a little fruit. That didn't say that? What, what, how much fruit does God want you to produce? Much. Everybody say much. Did you know that producing fruit has no age limit? Moses started to produce the greatest fruit when he was 80. That's when he started to be a deliverer of, Egypt, of uh, Israel from Egypt. When he was 80. Amen? See, I'm not done yet. You've got to increase the fruit production. How do you do that? By increasing your abiding in him. I mean, you've got to seek God every day. Find out who he is through the word and through prayer. You know, we're supposed to operate on revelation. It was the revelation that Peter got which gave him the keys of the kingdom. Amen? All right, number two. The second P that's going to give you a victorious life is you've got to live according to God's promises. You've got to live by God's promises. All his promises have already been given. He stamped his approval on every one of his promises. It says yes and amen. Can I have it? Yes, it is for you. So be it. Amen. Every one of God's promises is yes and amen. When you have a promise, you can obtain it. If God said it, he wants you to have it. The Bible is infallible truth. It is God's word. It teaches us how to live and helps us in every area of life. You will never find a more practical book ever written on human life than the B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth, right? Look at Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. God gave Joshua a promise. He made him the leader of the nation of Israel after Moses. Okay, big responsibility, big position, right? In verse 6, Joshua 1, 6, it says, be strong and courageous, all right? For you will give this people as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous, See, we've got to have a strong and courageous mindset because that's how the kingdom operates. You've got to be strong and courageous to possess what God has given you. It's going to take strength and it's going to take courage. All right? You've got to be bold about it. You can't be meek and timid. All right? We don't have a spirit of timidity. God told Timothy, you're not timid. Amen? 
You don't have a spirit of timidity. You have one of power, love, and a sound, a sound what? Mind. Did you know that the man from Gadara who was possessed with the legion of devils, after the devils were kicked out, he had a sound mind? The condition of his mind was changed when the enemy left. He was in his, he was in his right mind. The, the enemy is crazy. When you yield to the enemy, he'll, 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 he'll make you out of your mind. He's crazy. He's a naked madman running around in the spirit. Stripped of his anointing. Okay? Then in verse 9, he said, be strong and courageous. Why did God have to tell Joshua so many times to be strong and courageous? Because maybe Joshua doubted in himself that he could do what God said he could do. So thank God that God is an encourager. Be strong. Look at your neighbor and say, be strong and courageous. You need both. So you got to live by God's promises. You got to pay attention to his word. The words of God are words of life. His word is life and health to your flesh. His word is truth which can change facts. His word can override natural law when necessary. You've got to live by God's promises. He's given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And it's through the promises we become partakers of the nature of God, of the divine nature. We can partake of his nature. Amen? Say, I'm a new creature. I have a new feature. Yeah, you've got new features. Glory to God, you've been upgraded. And the thing of it is, we've only been upgraded with a down payment. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit in us is only a down payment of what God has in store for us? Think about that. That means there's more to come. Wait till you get your glorified body. Woo! Glory to God. That's going to be a day. You'll be like in the twinkling of an eye. All of a sudden, you've been changed. And I'm telling you, 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 you can travel without a passport or a ticket. You can just show up in places with a glorified body. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Amen. All right, number three. Now, how many are hungry for victory? I mean, you're like... I'm, I'm ready to get the victory. These, this is a strategy for victory. These are simple things, but very powerful things. Number three, you've got to live in God's peace. Peace is rest. The Hebrew meaning of peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. When they say Jehovah Shalom, that means he is the fixer of all things. Look at your neighbor and say, relax. Peace is rest. It means completeness. 
soundness, well-being of the total person. When God gives you peace, it's a total package. It refers to also the inner inner tranquility and the poise with which you deal with life's challenges. One of the things one of my bosses said about me when I worked at the bank, he said, Doug, he said, you're such a calming person. He said, if this building was on fire, I could just hear you say, please exit the building. The building's on fire. You know, he, but he said, you're such a calming person. But that's what he liked about me. He, 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 he loved me. He loved the work that I did. You know, he, I had great favor with him. Amen? But it's the peace of God. All right? Go to Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah 26. You got his presence, you got his promises, and you have his peace. Look at Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. How many want perfect peace? All right, this verse is for you. You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, committed, focused on you, both in inclination and character, whose mind is stayed on him. You get perfect peace because he trusts you. And takes refuge in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. I'm telling you, when you have perfect peace, you're like this. All these problems are happening. You'll be like. Picture yourself on a sunny day next to a cool pool in the lounge chair, just soaking up the rays, because I'm in the peace of God, amen? I'm in God's peace. All hell could be breaking loose around you, but you're in God's peace. He's keeping you in perfect peace, glory to God. How could Jesus walk away from people that were attempting to murder him? Because he had the peace of God. You can't touch me. I've got the peace. Amen. He just walked away several times in the Gospels. They tried several times. Oh, he just walked away. Where'd Jesus go? He was walking in the peace. We can have that same peace. Amen. But you got to do something with your mind. It takes you actively putting your mind on him to have this peace. It's not just automatic. You got to shift your gears. You got to get your eyes off the problem. <gasps> but I don't want to leave the problem. It's my problem. No, it's not. It's temporary. Look at the solution. The solution is greater than the problem. So if you want perfect peace, you're going to have to do something with your mind. It won't just come on you. You've got to actively focus on Jesus. Romans 14, 16, you don't have to turn there, it said, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Woo, you can have peace and joy at the same time. And they don't conflict one another. 
Because when you laugh, it's the best stress reliever you'll ever find. You want some peace? Laugh a little bit more. Amen? We're supposed to let the peace of Christ be the controlling factor in our heart. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 6. You doing okay? You ready to have a victorious 2022? Things are going to change. They're changing right now. Things are moving right now. Why? Because we're shifting the way we think about things. We cannot be defeated and we will not quit. Amen? No matter what comes my way, God is bigger, God is greater, God is more mightier. There's nothing that he can't handle. There's nothing that's too hard for God. Come on. We got to think differently. We got to think differently about the pain that we carry. Jesus, the Bible says he took away my pain. Let's put some pressure on our pain to evict it from our bodies. We do everything to accommodate it instead of evict it. It's time that we get some eviction notices. Depression, you're gone. Pain, you're gone. Sickness, you're gone. Lack, you're gone. Poverty, you're gone. Death, you're gone. Hopelessness, you're gone. Come on. Let's issue an eviction notice today. How do we do that? We speak the word of God with authority and power. We find out what Jesus said about pain and we speak that over us. And we walk in that truth. And I guarantee you, when you apply the pressure of the word to any problem that you have in life, that problem will disappear. Amen? God gave us his word for such a time as this. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. You must eradicate any anxiety, any worry. Do not take care. I didn't even get an amen on that. We are not supposed to take care. What are we supposed to do with our care according to 1 Peter? Cast it unto who? Jesus, why? Because he cares for you. Now, if you cast the care away, you don't have it anymore. Is that true? Okay. Do not be anxious or worried about anything but in everything. So he's given you the alternative to being anxious and worried. This is what you do instead of that. Okay? How many know God's got some good alternatives? Okay? Okay? So don't be anxious or worried about anything, but instead, in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So instead of being worried and fretful, start praying and thanking. It's a simple adjustment in behavior, but it's, it's a different how you think about it. You know, because the devil wants to sit there and say, this problem is so big. This problem is so huge. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he wants to get you all messed up. But instead, oh God, this problem is so big, but you're bigger. You're greater. Lord, I come to you and I thank you that you're my God. All of a sudden you'll be like, where'd that problem go? It was right here. Where'd it go? All right. Make your request known to God. Verse 7. And the peace of what? Peace of God. 
God's peace, God's shalom, okay? The peace of God which transcends all understanding. It's beyond understanding. How can I get it if I don't understand it? Because God has it. It's God's peace. And if you know God, you can get his peace. Amen? You don't have to understand it to get it. You don't have to dissect peace. You, you don't have to find out its origin of its word or, you know, you don't have to do all that. All you got to do is accept it because you prayed, you get peace. Okay? <laughs> you don't have to have some mathematical equation to get it. You don't, understand, you don't have to even understand how it works. It's beyond understanding. But you get it. Say, I have the peace of God. And then verse 8, finally, believers, whatever is true, honorable or honest, just, right, confirmed by God's word, pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is of good report, think on these things. If you want excellence, if you want everybody say, think on these things. What tool do you use to think? You use your mind. Amen? I am a true, I think on what things are that are true, just, holy, of love, of good report. Amen? You've got to think on these things to keep the peace that comes. What you think on will determine how long the peace that was given to you stays. Okay? He said, think on these things. Then verse 9, he says, the things which you have learned, received, heard, and seen in me, practice these things. Let me say practice. <laughs> God is the most, the Bible is the most practical book that was ever written. You know what? If you miss it, you can do it again. Amen? How many's ever had to do something again till you got it? Come on. Amen? The, God is full of opportunities like that. All right? Number four. The fourth P that's going to give us a victorious life is you've got to live in God's power. You've got to live in God's power. Amen? Cares and concerns of this life can drain your strength. How many ever had strength drained? You know? Be not weary in well-doing, because you shall reap if you what? Faint not. Don't faint along the way or you won't be able to reap. We, humanity has limitations, but God is unlimited. Thank God. And he makes up the difference when we're weak. Let the weak say, I'm what? That doesn't make sense to the world. Because the world would want you to have a sleeping pill because you're weak so you can get some rest. But we don't need a sleeping pill because we got the peace of God. Amen. We've got God who's greater. Hallelujah. God is unlimited. When you feel like you can't go on, God will carry you through to the finish line. He desires to operate in you. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Starting with verse 10. All right, five things. Everybody hold up your hand. We're giving God a high five today. Five Ps, right? 
five P's that are going to propel you to a victorious 2022. You can be victorious 365 days. Amen? You can be victorious over every challenge that you'll ever face. Do you realize right now, God knows how many challenges that we're going to face. He knows the end before the beginning. Right? He's the Alpha and the Omega. He knows it all. He's seen it all. And if we just stay close to him, he'll get us through it all. Glory to God. Ephesians 6.10. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amplified says, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. And in the power of his boundless might. Be strong in the word and in the spirit. Everybody say, be strong. Is that a suggestion? It's a command. It's a demonstrative statement. God is telling, well, how can I be strong if I'm not? Because he gives you his strength. Those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their what? Strength. Your strength is renewable. When you have insufficient strength to do what you need to do, God will give you a dose of strength. He will inoculate you with his strength and with his power. He will breathe life into you. Remember when Daniel saw the angel in Daniel 10, this angel came to him and he, the words of the vision that he had were so great that he, he, felt, he, he, was, he, he felt like a man without strength, right? And what did the Bible say? The angel just touched him. And the Bible says he received strength. Who say one touch from God can power me up. Glory to God. Be strong in who? And in who? And in the power of his might. You got to be strong in both. What does this strength do? The strength comes in the whole armor of God, which is the word of God. Amplified says... So that you may be able to successfully stand up against the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Why would the devil, he tries, he has a strategy. What's his strategy? Steal, kill, and destroy. But the only way that he can do that is if he can deceive you. Now, people who are deceived, they don't know that they're deceived. They think that they're right. You know? The Mormons, they thought they were right when they saw Moroni. Just take the eye off the end of that angel. What do you get? Moron. Yeah, I mean, if you think Jesus and Satan are brothers, you're a moron. Okay, I'm just going to say about that. So... You're in a spiritual struggle and you need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, you fight against principalities, but sometimes principalities are influencing a person. You know, I used to say that our battle is not with people, but Goliath was a person. Come on. Wasn't Goliath a person? He was a person who was operating for the enemy. And he was coming against God's plan and God's people. Now, he was a person, yes. There was something behind him, yes. But that person had to go. 
David had to cut his head off. Because we are fighting against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. But God's got some power for you. Amen? He is a power supplier. He actually put a generator on the inside of you. You shall receive what? When the Holy Ghost comes upon you? Power. The Holy Ghost is all about power. He's about power to live, power to overcome, power to execute God's plan. Amen? God made your strength the original renewable resource. Because our strength comes from God. So any time that you need strength, God can give it to you. Right? He, he, he doesn't need any method. He could drop it to you right now. He, he, he's wireless. And he's got the best router. Amen? All right. And the fifth one. You ready to li- live a victorious 2022? Yes. Number five, you've got to live in God's purpose. You were created on purpose for a purpose. What's your purpose? If you haven't figured that out yet, you need to spend some time with God. Oh, I'm just existing. Really? Is that what God called you to do, just to exist? I'm just, I'm just existing. I'm just here. Is that what God called you to do, just to be here? You mean he didn't give you an assignment? He didn't, he didn't tell you to do a group of people or a geographic location or an age group or anything like that? You're just existing. No, you're not. God didn't just make you to exist. He made you to do something for his kingdom. He made you on purpose for a purpose. He's got a divine assignment for you. Right? You've got to discover what that assignment is. It's there. It's already there. It's already designed for you. God already knows what it is. And if you just spend a little bit of time talking with him, he'll show you what it is. Because it's time that we get about the Father's business. Amen? We're not just here to wander. God, God said, I, my people wandered for 40 years. That's enough. Let's, let's, get, let's get down to business. Don't be a wanderer for 40 years. That was, they wandered for 40 years because of doubt and disbelief. It, wasn't, it had nothing to do with faith. So their, their wandering was multiplied. If you've been wandering and you don't know what your purpose is, it's time to get on your knees and and have a direct conversation with God. Saying, what did you call me for? What did you give to me? Amen. What did you assign to me? Go to Ephesians chapter 1. You're not an oops or an accident. God knows exactly where your gifts and talents would fit best and where you would receive the greatest reward. I had 35 jobs before I became a pastor. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't know what God's will was, but I was following a journey. Amen? But even if you had 35 jobs, you can end up with the right one. Amen? I've worked at a, as a pastor now for almost 20 years. This is the longest job I've ever had in my life. Must be the right one. <laughs> See, even if you work 35 jobs, you keep following God and he'll get you to the right place. 
The right place for us was to be in Palmyra, Pennsylvania. Amen? And God brought us here supernaturally. Now, I had to participate. You know, you, you can't just sit down and do nothing and expect God to send you a magic carpet and get you to where you need to be. I mean, you've, you've got to walk with God. You've got to walk it out every day. Right? You've got to follow God. You've got to pray. You've got to keep doing what you know to do. Right? Yeah, God's not going to send a magic carpet your way. He said, just get on. You've got to walk by faith and you've got to run your race. Right? Walking by faith is everyday living. Running your race is the overall goal. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. He made known to us the mystery of his will. Let me just stop right there. If God makes known to you the mystery of his will, is it a mystery anymore? He made it known to you. Right? So God does not work in mysterious ways. That's not a scripture, by the way. That's someone's take on something. Now, God does talk about mystery, but he says, to you it's been given to know the mystery. Yes, it is a mystery to those who don't know God, but to those who know God, it's not a mystery. So stop saying he works in mysterious ways. I don't know if anybody said that here, but you know what I'm saying. He made known to us the mystery of his will. He made known to us. According to his good pleasure. Do you know it pleases God for you to be in the right place at the right time doing your thing? That is pleasing to God. Amen? And I'm not saying that you're not in the right place, but only you know that. You know if you're in the right place or not. How does it make you feel? Does it bring joy or does it bring misery? If you're miserable every time you go to that place, maybe that's not the right place for you. Amen? (laughs) Uh, Mike Murdoch said it best. He said, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. All right. According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Already, he already established your purpose. When you were born, you were born with your divine assignment all ready to go for you. It wasn't a surprise when you got born again and figured out what you were supposed to do, God knew it all along. It just took you that time to figure it out. Amen? And God is very patient. Aren't you glad that God's patient? He lets us figure things out sometimes. We've got to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? All right? Verse 10. With regard to the fulfillment of times to bring all things together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth... Verse 11, in him also we have received an inheritance or a destiny. Hallelujah. Your your assignment is in your inheritance. Hello, God brought you to a place where you can find your inheritance and treasure in God's word. If you haven't found it, you're in the right place to figure it out, glory to God. He said... 
We were claimed by God as his own, having been predestined or chosen. Say, God chose me. He did. He chose every one of you. You are special. You are the apple of his eye. He loves you. And he specifically chose you and designed you for great things. According to the purpose of him who works everything in agreement with the counsel of his will. God has a will. And there are things that he wants you to do. Places he wants you to go. People he wants you to reach. Things that you can only, that you were called and designed to do. Do you realize whenever you read Paul's writings, he talks about, I was appointed. You didn't think that Paul sat up every night and said, oh, I wish I was a preacher. No, he wanted to be a Pharisee. He, he didn't have a clue who he was until he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. He thought that persecuting Christians was what he was supposed to do. And wasn't he surprised when he found out the truth and said, that's not what I'm supposed to do. But how long did it take Paul to change? Three days. He went from persecuting to preaching in three days. Everybody say three days. Yeah, well, when you've got scales on your eyes and you're blind for three days, what else are you going to think on but God? Amen? Three days, he changed his destiny. He embraced what he was called to do, and he began preaching. And he, he preached until the day he left this earth. He planted churches. He raised up pastors. He put pastors in those churches that he planted. He encouraged the churches that he planted. Amen. He found his purpose and he did it with all of his heart and all of his might. Nothing could stop him. I mean, the devil tried really hard to stop Paul. He threw the kitchen sink at him. My goodness. Beat with rods five times. Whipped 39 times, three times each. Shipwrecked. Stone left for dead. The devil threw everything he could, but he could not stop Paul from fulfilling his purpose. And the devil can't stop you either. But you've got to have a determination. You've got to have a kingdom mind that says, I'm going to fulfill God's purpose for my life no matter what. Wherever he takes me, wherever he sends me, that's where I'm going to go and that's what I'm going to be. And that was my prayer before I knew what God wanted me to do. I said, God, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And whoever you want me to be, I'll be. That was my prayer. I prayed that for a long period of time. And then God showed me the next step. Go to Ramah. Okay. Then when when I was at Ramah, I discovered my calling, but I had no clue what that meant. Galatians 3.29, if you be Christ and you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I wrote in my Bible, Pastor Pishka's ministry. I had no clue what that meant. I just know it was for me. I remember sitting in New Testament survey. And we were reading that scripture, and all of a sudden, those words came alive. And I, I wrote that in the Bible that I had at the time. Little did I know that that would become this today. And our slogan would be inheriting God's promises and experiencing it. That came in, ni- in the 1990s. God put that in me. God led me to do that back then before I even had a clue what that meant. And as I talked with God, he showed me more information. I got revelation. Amen. Say, thank God for revelation. 
You need to get some revelation on what God made you to do and what God called you to be. Amen. It's time to get a revelation. We need some revolutionary Christians who are going to get before God until they get a revelation. Because when you get a revelation, you got some power to operate with. Maybe it's to start a business. That's a calling. That's just as much of a call. You know, calling is not limited to the pulpit. A calling is whatever God calls you to do and assigns you to do. Just do it. Look at your neighbor and say, just do it. And forget about making excuses about I'm too old or I'm too young. That's out of the table. John the Baptist and Moses answers that. Do you realize God did not ask Moses how old he was before he said, deliver my people? He didn't even care how old he was. It didn't matter. He wasn't operating on his own strength anyway. It didn't matter to Caleb. Caleb said, I'm as strong now as I was when I was 45. Or, I'm 85 now. I, I've got strength to go in and go out and for war. And at 85 years old, he kicked three giants off of his mountain. And he took that mountain that was promised to him by Moses through Joshua. He held to the promise of God and he ended up taking what was his before he left this earth. And, and, and Caleb's daughter, she had some Caleb in her. Because she said, you know, Caleb's daughter's got some inheritance. And they said, well, we need some water. She said, you need to give us some, some places with water. Because, okay, I'll give you this land here that's got some water. Right? How, how many know you've got to go after what God has promised you? Amen? So we're headed for a victorious 2022. All things work for good. Work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Are you called according to his purpose? You absolutely are. 100%. I can't even say that word. Unequivocally. There you go. Unequivocally. You know, God's not in a rush. Sometimes you just take a few seconds. Amen? Unequivocally, God has called you. God has assigned you something. He's given you gifts and talents. Why do you think he gave you gifts and talents? So that you can use them for the body of Christ. You have allowed the enemy to steal your gifts. It's time to take back what he stole. We've got to take a trip to Ziklag. Take back what the enemy stole. Amen? So five things. God's presence, God's promises, God's peace, God's power, and God's purpose. If you live in those things, if you have a kingdom mindset to do those things, you will, you will, you shall have a victorious 2022. Amen? You are destined to overcome every obstacle. Right now, the destiny and the power in you is greater than any obstacle that you're ever going to face this year. You've already won. And sometimes you just need to enforce the defeat just by showing up. You just go to the enemy and say, I'm here. You lost. I win. Do you think Jehoshaphat complained when he didn't have to fight the battle, he just had to show up? And all he had to do was gather the spoil. 
Can you imagine just sending out the praisers before the army? Right? What general would, it, would go on to that strategy? But that's what Jehoshaphat did. He didn't complain. You mean we got to pick up the spoil for three days? <laughs> no, he, the battle was already won. And the praising confused the enemy. And they killed themselves. And all you had to do was get the clothes, get the gold, get the silver, get the bowls, get the cups, get everything. You didn't even have to fight. Sometimes God will lead you to that. Amen? We have got to get a victorious mindset. I'm going to follow God no matter what. I'm going to do what God says no matter what. Amen? I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to turn to the right. I will not be deterred from my divine purpose. But I'm going after God with all my heart and my mind. I got a mind for victory. I got, you got to get a winning mind. You've got to get a mindset that you know that you win just by being there. In that, in that atmosphere, you bring victory to the table. Wherever you go. Family challenges, financial challenges, amen, doesn't matter. God's got you covered. God wants you victorious. He wants you to win every struggle. He's given you power for the fight. Hallelujah. He's given you a reward. We got to get some scrappy Christians. Amen. Some scrappy Christians who are willing to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. I think of Scrappy-Doo. You know, he wasn't big, but he was small, but he was Scrappy. He had an attitude about him. He had a boldness about him. You know, Scooby-Doo was like, hey, Shaggy, give me something to eat. And, and Scrappy said, let's go in and get him, Scooby. Let's go in and get him. Come on, we need some Scrappy Christians who are willing to fight. Amen. Do we got some fighters in Victory's house today? Stand up if you're a fighter. Amen. You're a believer in God. Glory to God. Five things, five simple things. To give you a victorious 2022. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, come on, come on. Let, You're going to be a little late. Let the tonight. words of the prophet right. speak. Uh, so shake yourself, wake yourself up. All right. A couple things, though, when Pastor Doug was preaching, I wanted to share with you because you're setting yourself up for this year. You know, one of the things we did, you know, it's our 20th year. And you know what we did? We came to every service that we, you know, had here. Whether five people showed up or 25 or 250, it didn't matter. We came and showed up to our place of assignment because the devil would like to be there instead and push you out. But you have to keep showing up to your place of assignment. So it doesn't, whatever God asks you to do, you just keep showing up on the job, you know, wherever your place of assignment is. That's the mindset that you have to have. The second thing I wanted to encourage you in is this. If you have an atmosphere at your home, or in your job, or where you spend the most time, where it is not conducive to a mind change to the things of God, stay here after church, get a notebook out, open your Bible, and sit somewhere and write things down that you want to change in your life, in your mindset. Do it here. 
or go to a park somewhere or find a place that you go to after church every time or, or, listen, or when you listen to the word of God, every time you hear something about God that you should be renewing your mind with, find a place that you go that's free from the enemy's presence and go there and get it in your mind to, so your mind can be renewed. So it can go into your heart. So you can change. If your house is not conducive to it, get, don't do it in your house. The next thing you have to remember is changing something doesn't mean that you were doing something wrong. That's why you have to change it. It could be you have now matured to another level that God would like to take you to. So when you think of change, you don't think that you did something wrong and that's what you have to change. Think of, I'm growing and God's showing me what I could do next. He's showing me what he's empowered me to do next, what the next level of thing I'm capable of. Wake yourself up and stop being all down like somebody's beating you up. Get yourself together and do it. When you go back into those atmosphere, they're not meeting the same person. It is unbelievable that you would leave an environment where somebody was beating you up and go back the same way. Well, of course they're going to win every time. (laughs) You should go, every time you come back home, you should be more empowered than when you left. They should be scared that you left. (laughs) They should be like, "Uh uh-oh, what they come, and they should leave. The enemy should leave your atmosphere, not not the other way around. So, I just wanted to bring some of those thoughts to you. I had lots of them, but, you know. Uh, uh, here's the thing. In marriages, this is a trap of marriages. So listen to me carefully. When you go to heaven, you're not going as a couple. You're a couple here. Okay. So if you're in a marriage and you and one partner refuses to do the will of God, refuses to renew their mind, may not even be saved, but you are, and your entire well-being has been hinged to them getting a clue about God, you might want to stop now because <laughs> you're not their savior. You don't own their mind, and you can't make them do squat. You have to do what you're called to do. And you have to grow for yourself and be an example if you want to be, but don't be pulled down by another person. Pastor Doug, I was the first one to write a book in our house. And when I presented the idea to him, he's like, you're going to write a book? I said, yeah, in two weeks. How many pages? A hundred, a hundred page book. That was real encouraging. I walked out of the room. I said, I'm writing my hundred page book in two weeks. Thank you very much. Well, I did it while nursing Josiah, figuring out, I just did my thing. And he would come, they would come take Josiah from me. I'd be all into this, you know. Um, and, uh, and it got done. But here's what it did. It broke a level for us that we didn't know how to get off of. God had asked us to write books. He gave us ideas. We didn't know how to get it published. That was our, that's where we were stuck. But when God gave me an instruction that was attached to a consequence if I didn't do it, I could choose what I want to do. So I went ahead and did it. It broke open the way for now we can publish books in days. Do you see? So don't get stuck of who's the wife and who's the husband and who's the head and who's the blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Nobody is the head of your life. 
it should be God that's the head of your life. So no spouse, Pastor Doug doesn't get to tell me how much I get revelation from God and how much I grow, and I don't get to tell him the same thing. We should learn from each other. We should actually be marveled when, when they're telling us things they've learned because they went to God themselves and got revelation for what God showed them. That when I, I take lots of notes when Doug's preaching. I don't know what he's going to preach about. Half the, I mean, most of the time, I don't think we ever discuss what you're going to preach about. But, so I, I'm just as, it's just as fresh for me as it is for you. And I take notes. And when I speak in our house, that's where I do my revelation, he gets revelation <laughs> about what's happening or if I create a video. What I'm trying to say is stop this year, stop blaming other people for why you're not growing. Okay? And stop blaming the house you're living in, the place you're working, the, you know, whatever, your children, blah, 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 blah. Okay? This is an environment you could stay back after church. You could open the, if you don't want to read the Bible and stuff, don't be mad when people around you are growing and you're stuck. (laughs) You chose not to read the Bible. Everybody's growing because they read the Bible. Right? At least that's what the idea is. So don't get upset with people who are growing around you and you're not budging. You should go ask them, what are they doing? Learn from them. But you can change the environment that you learn in just from shifting. Go somewhere else. Go to a coffee shop. It doesn't matter. You're not stuck. (laughs) Amen? So and just remember, the main thing was that change doesn't have to happen because you're wrong. And... And the last thing, there's lots, but here's the last thing. Don't let your mind be trained to have sympathy for the works of darkness. Pastor Doug was saying about Goliath was a person operating evil. The devil needs people to operate evil. Number one, don't be one of those people. Because if you encounter a Christian who knocks that stuff down, guess what's going to happen? And then you're going to get offended. And upset the church, be the person that has no sympathy in your mind for the works of darkness. But that your mind is set to love. Love conquers everything. And when it conquers, nothing fails. Amen? So those are just some of the things I want to share. All right. Yeah, one time, uh, you know, I wasn't as receptive to Fiona's revelation and so she said, oh, I got this revelation. I said, yeah, what is it? She goes, you don't qualify to hear it. Yep. Well, it was days. It was yeah. days. What happened was days went yeah. by in our house where he didn't hear anything like me saying, hey, God shared this. And he's like, well, what is God sharing with you lately? I said, oh, he's shared a lot, but you don't qualify to hear any of it. Exactly. And he was like, oh. I said, yeah, because every time I said something, you are always like, where's that? Where the? I said, I don't have time for that. You squish all the revelation God gives me. It's my revelation. I'll share it with who I know. We don't have that problem anymore. So I've learned not to squish. <laughs> <laughs> this is when we just got married. Yes. But see, people teach wrong things about marriage, and they, and they teach compromise. And then people for years are living together, pulling each other down spiritually and don't even know it. Yep. And, and you ruin your life. And then 25 years later, you're like, oh, I made the biggest mistake. No, what you didn't do in the first year of marriage is, is make up your, set yourself up for the proper positions. Like, I, God and I have a relationship, and you don't get to go in between it <laughs> at all. And if I grow faster than you, that's your problem, not mine. Amen. <laughs> hey, Abby, could you play a little bit on the piano just, just to play for 
something. And uh, you know what? Today is a good day Amen. to make a fresh commitment yes. to God. I'm not, I'm not asking you to get born again. But I want you to be a committed person that's going to live in God's presence, live in God's power, live in God's peace, live for God's purpose. And man, live in God's promises. Thank you, Jesus. It, it's, it's an opportunity to go higher, to go deeper, and to go further in God. And you're not going to let anything of the flesh hold you back. You're not going to let another person hold you back. But you're going to make a fresh commitment to God. This is going to be between you and God. If, if you feel like you need to just come and do that, just come right here, right now. I'm not going to lay hands on you, but I, the, the power of God is here. And, and your faith is stepping out and, and just de- making a declaration in your heart that I'm going to commit. I'm going to make a stronger commitment to God. Amen. And it, it's, it's available to anybody who wants to. It doesn't mean that you're, you're doing bad. It doesn't mean that you're doing wrong. But you just want to go deeper, further, higher. I'm calling you to make a fresh commitment right now in your relationship with God and in how you carry that out and in what you do with that. Hallelujah, Father. We just magnify your name. We welcome your presence in this place. The power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, you draw the people to you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He's calling you for greater things. Oh, hallelujah. And you're just saying, Lord, here I am. Use me. Send me. Touch me. I'm yours. You're mine. You're just renewing your commitment to use these things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for a fresh anointing on these people today in the name of Jesus. And just like the Holy Ghost fell in Cornelius' house, and he fell on the day of Pentecost, I thank you, Lord, that the power of God right now is falling on these people in the name of Jesus. You're touching them. You're giving them revelation. You're opening their eyes of understanding. You're, you're filling their hearts with good things, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You guys just begin to cry out to God and begin to praise Him and, and thank Him for what He's given you. Thank Him for what He's called you to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your holy name. Praise your holy name. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks and praise and glory. Lord, there's nothing like a touch from the Master's hand. Touch your people. Fill them with the fullness of God. Cause your anointing to be smothered and smeared and permeated throughout all their being in the name of Jesus oh Lord let your strength come let your glory come let your goodness come in the name of Jesus let the fire begin to burn brighter in the name of Jesus hallelujah as you're yielding to God oh he's filling you with everything that you need to do and to will of his good pleasure he's equipping you hallelujah glory to God thank you Lord oh give God some praise give him praise in this place today hallelujah hallelujah amen 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 hallelujah the work that he began in you he is faithful to complete until he returns Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Well, we've had a good day today, haven't we? Amen.
God is always good. And you never know what's going to happen next. Just show up. Amen. And be a part. And let's just experience God together. Have a blessed and wonderful, awesome week. We'll see you Wednesday. See the youth on Tuesday. Hallelujah. Bible adventure back on Thursday. Glory to God. Things happening. God is good. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.